0: Welcome to another episode of Cybersecurity One with Larry and Joe.
1: Hey, Brett, how are you? Good. So my name's Joe, and, and very nice to meet you, Brett.
0: Yeah, so hey, Brett, uh, how's it going? I'm Larry. So yeah, me and Joe got in this about 19 months ago. Our story
1: is Larry and I were at a Bible study, and I shared what I do for a living. He's like, you know what? I really want to get into this. And, and he actually told me about, you know, when he was a kid, one of his relatives was in cybersecurity. And it's something that he always wanted to get into. And I thought, well, hey, let's actually meet and talk. So we'd go to Starbucks a couple of times just talking about cybersecurity. And then um, one thing led to another. And we were uh, just really talking about let's record this as a show. And let's just, let's just share it with, you know, anyone that wants to get into cybersecurity. So that was really, I think about like 19 months ago uh, when we first started, you know, doing this and uh, people started reaching out to us like yourself, just saying, Hey, this is a, thank you for doing this. And what we started to do is just invite people to, you know, join the show and tell their story, uh, Brett, because, um, you know, we just want to help people, right? Anyone that wants to get into this, uh, we just love sharing knowledge, learning. And uh, so,
0: um, anyway. Uh, Man, I I can't wait to kind of just pick your brain. Your story is just so awesome that we just want to hear about your story and what got you uh, into just teaching people, you know, how to build servers and websites and stuff like that. That is so awesome. Yeah. So yeah, just, uh, yeah, Brett, just tell us about it. I was incarcerated for 24
2: years, uh, way back in 1997. That's when I got locked up early 97. Uh, so I really had no exposure to the internet. I mean, the internet then uh, had just kind of come out. It's not the internet that we have today by any means. Uh, didn't really know. I mean, I think Google came out like a year later. So all these years, um, and prison, just kind of figuring things out for myself and knowing that technology is the future, like knowing, seeing all these things start coming out. And I remember sort of having like epiphanies of like all the magazines that I really enjoyed reading started to have website addresses on them and like, well, now we're going to, you know, offer this only on these websites. So the things I liked was disappearing and I realized early that tech was kind of where everything was going to be in the future by the time, certainly by the time that I was released from prison. Uh, so unfortunately though it's there's really no avenues to kind of get into anything like that in prison uh, they they're really strict with their security as you can imagine so they don't want a lot of people on you know doing things like that uh, with technology uh, that being said I tried to get myself involved whenever I could on like uh, computers so I had really no skills or no experience so, eventually I just kind of try to get in those positions. Uh, So what I did in the meantime was like teach myself like I'm a lifelong learner. I like to learn things. I like to educate myself and more specifically I like to understand how things work and so that kind of led me down this path of studying uh, high order mathematics and physics uh, because I read a book a layman's book on general relativity long long time ago it was like and i remember the passage i read too uh, though i can't remember the author he was talking about a black hole like if you're in a theoretical spaceship and you flew like an inch away from the event horizon of a black hole for something like 10 years 100 or a thousand years will have passed on earth and i was like this is real like this is accepted like like for real so um, i had to understand that so that led on this journey of of learning physics and math so
1: can I interrupt you for a second? Sure, you you sure. have to watch the movie Interstellar if you haven't seen have. it. With
2: oh my gosh, dude,
1: that yeah. that is such a trip with like the time pass and all that stuff. Anyway, okay, go as you were.
2: <laughs> and it's so accurate too. Which I, I'm a I'm a super picky critic of space movies because of the, the relativity and things I've studied. Um,
1: Never go to Mars with Matt Damon. There's like two movies where Matt Damon screws people. Like as soon as I saw him on Interstellar, I'm like, no, don't don't trust Matt Damon. Oh my God. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry, you're
2: right, <laughs> but I was just, I couldn't understand how that worked. So like I wanted to study physics and then I got to this point in physics where, okay, I get it, but I need more math to go further. So I started studying math and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna study more physics. Crap! I need more math. You know, so it just goes wow. back. So you were hitting
1: walls, and you had to figure out for yourself. Okay, I need to go learn this over here. That's fascinating to me that that you're able to to kind of persevere. And a lot of people, like I'll be honest, like I I have a couple of books on math. I wanted to kind of you know go deeper in it. I'd hit a wall because I lacked some kind of prerequisite. Like there's this one uh, course I took in college. It was like number theory, and the, and you had to have had pretty advanced kind of you know calc or something prior to that, and I didn't. And I should have taken those prereqs, and then gone back. And I just basically decided this isn't for me. I'm go- I'm going business, or I'm going you know somewhere else with my career, but not for you. What What is it in you, Brett, that you kept hitting those walls? What is it in you that that created that just incredible perseverance to push through that
2: stuff? I think it's it comes down to just me trying to understand myself and my place and things um i mean to give a little context there i was locked up when i was 18 um and at the time i didn't understand why I, you know like i knew i was not a bad kid i was you know um did a lot of things i had like five red cross certifications i used to help people i would go and, and read books to the old people at the the homes and and uh i just couldn't understand what turn happened in my life. So I did a lot of this uh, introspection kind of work and just to see who I am and who I wanna be more specifically when I was released from prison. And I realized that I didn't have to be who society labeled me as and who they expected me to be. So um, I just figured out, hey man, let me see what I am, what I'm made of and what I can do. And uh, I, somewhere along the line, I kind of got this, notion that um i don't believe in limits i don't believe that we have to not learn something because it's too difficult or because it's um not you know made in a way that we can understand i think it boils down to what interests us and i think that if it's something that truly interests us then we can learn it no matter who we are it's just a matter of having the the willpower and the discipline to do so and having all that time um being locked up really gave me that edge because i didn't have anything else to do you know i could either go mad doing my time and the drudgery of prison day-to-day existence or i could educate myself i could right. better myself i could so learn you,
1: so you found that the math and physics really fascinating right and um but I don't think a lot of people understand the conditions that you, you know, the the adversarial kind of conditions you're in, right? You, you mentioned in your blog post, you know, threats of spontaneous, you know, violence, shakedown, lockdowns, just the the crazy hot summers with the humidity, just the the thick air. I mean, it it's distracting. It's you know, especially when you're coding, right? When you're when you get into coding. You can't really be distracted because your mind, you you got to get deep in there. And um, that had, I mean, the fact that you accomplished what you did is so much more significant because a lot of us sitting in an air conditioned room with no distraction, playing nice music. No, you've got guys yelling. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, I was super impressed by just reading that part of it. I don't think a lot of people can really appreciate how hard that must have been, you know
2: which is another reason that kind of pushed me in, in the path of doing math and physics to begin with is because I knew it was something they couldn't take from me. Um, I could I always see. have books and paper and pens and I could always sit there and do that. So I learned math the hard way, uh, writing it out on paper, long sheets, mm. you know, just notebooks and having textbooks and no mm. real like, graphing calculators or anything like that.
1: That's amazing. That's really good. like old school. Not not like this new math that they're teaching now, right? <laughs> Definitely an old yeah. school. So so tell us okay. So tell us how you went from there to getting introduced to the last mile. And did you have that just incredible math background when you went into last mile? So you already had this incredible kind of foundation. So you probably had it a little bit easier or is that assumption correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Um so Right. And also what helped me was before I got into Last Mile, like I said, I I was always trying to find a job on a computer because I I wanted to understand that, too. And so I ended up getting in uh, some jobs like I worked as a chapel clerk. I worked as a law library clerk. um, I worked in the printing industry for about 14, 15 years, and I ended up becoming uh, working in their cost estimating. And so I got exposed to Access Database, Microsoft Access. Oh yeah. So the first thing I ever learned was uh, writing macros and visual basic for applications. So I learned VBA very, very rudimentary, um, but I made stuff. I made cool things. I made databases that the prison used. I made a database that the print shop used as cost estimating software. So I kind of got introduced to that and looking back now, like realizing the kind of code I was writing, I'm I'm just appalled because like I know much better things to do now that I didn't know then. Uh, So like that, probably helped me a little too uh, so I had some exposure and then when I finally got and getting into the program was actually like a happy accident for me um ironic I call it the the cosmic irony um, because what happened was I was working as a chapel clerk at the prison I was at and I ended up losing my job because uh, technically I got fired because the um, I was working on a book which is a a story about my life I was in a creative writing class and I was doing it on the chapel's computer Um, they were okay with it nobody really cared but um, a lieutenant came in and found like one of the pages I was printing and was wondering like what are you doing and so they looked through the computer and then they found stuff in the computer that wasn't anything to do with me Um, it was there before because it'd been there for years but then they um they saw the database that i had built for the chapel and it, it made them nervous because i could build these things that they couldn't understand and they didn't know how much more understanding i had which i really didn't but they didn't know that so they fired me and they said i could have any other job i wanted i just couldn't get a job on a computer i couldn't that's be rough that's from. really rough because
1: i'm sure you must have enjoyed that access stuff that was pretty cool
2: i did it, it was it was really great the cosmic irony in that is from there i went to the last mile because i lost that job uh, and because of that happening i was able to get into this program on okay. the most powerful computers in the prison okay so what's
1: okay so what's interesting
2: about that for for
1: those of us that have faith when God sometimes takes something away, it's only because he has something greater for you. And so, you know, faith kind of gives us that perspective that, you know, in the midst of that trial, you may not have kind of realized that there was a greater sort of reason why this, you know, was being taken away from you. The other kind of interesting thing is like, all those sorts of things all kind of were building up to something God had, you know, a reason for all this, like the act, the math, the access, all those were kind of almost like foundational things. He was kind of like, you know, give me that, I don't, I don't know if you, if you see it from that perspective, but I just listening to your story, I can kind of see God's hand on your life there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I,
2: I absolutely agree. Um, you know, one door closes, another opens. And so I've taken that philosophy a lot in my life that um, I don't worry about the things that are kind of taken from me or that, that are bad that happen because I know like, even in the struggle itself, you know, you gain something out of that. So um, I just have faith that where I'm supposed to be is where I'll end up and where I'm at right, right now is where I'm meant to be right now. So uh, yeah. it gives me a lot of comfort in that, you know, that kind of space. So
1: um, at, at what point were, okay. So what, how many years into your incarceration were you when you found last mile and then how, how, how many years were you in with last mile?
2: Yeah. So the last mile came at right at the end of my incarceration. So the last uh, basically two years. So it was really, okay. and it, and it cre- again, talking about these, um, these opportunities being created. Uh, so we got into the program and it was, I didn't want into it at first, honestly, because it was told to everybody in the prison, it was a medical coding program, that it was just uh data entry kind of stuff. And like that bored me. I was like, I don't want to just be, you know, somebody at a keyboard typing in data. And then Uh, A couple of my friends who were in the program who I knew for a long time, they were like, no, like, seriously, this is what you like to do. You need to get in this. So, and then all that happened and I got in there and it was uh, from, you know, from day one, like I knew I loved it. And um, a lot of it too is, is beyond just the technical training. So um, I'll try to to dive into as much as that as I can. Uh, The program is at that time was designed for two, six month tracks. And in the first six months you learn Front-end web development. So you learn things like CSS, HTML, JavaScript, things that that build a website. And then the next six months was the back end. So you learn uh, Node, Node JS. You learn Express. You learn uh, React as well, and how to build a full stack web application.
1: So for for people that have never heard that term full stack, um, can you describe just in layman's terms what full stack web development means?
2: Sure. Um, so the thing that most people interact with is the front end, it's the web browser that you see kind of there in front of you. And the back end is the thing that the browser usually communicates with. And there's uh, most often a database that takes the data that you put in and stores it somewhere. And then there's a server that will serve that information back to the browser. So full stack is, is building that whole thing. It's building the front end, the nice, polished kind of shiny thing that everybody sees and then the back end that makes all the data come back and forth stores it and then the routing that's in between that's cool
1: and i i am i recognizing it correctly you have the osi model written out on your whiteboard behind you is that the osi model yeah so you're you're learning networking right now
2: i'm trying to i'm reading a network plus book
1: uh because i'm really trying to
0: get into that
2: Larry, are you into network plus yet, or is that
0: coming up? Uh, I've already passed network plus I just took the security plus. And so what I, what I've learned. So now I had two routes to go. I could have went, I can go for test penetrator, which I, which I want to be, or I could have went to be more, more working on the cloud and stuff like that. So actually next week I'm taking a uh, comp comp as a uh, CY. SA Plus and um, I get three whacks at it. So the first one I'm just gonna go in there and take it. And then uh actually when we get off uh this, I'm going to a boot camp for uh for two hours on just the CYSA plus um exam. So we, we're gonna be in I'm being a two-hour boot camp and uh mm-hmm. we see how that goes. But but yeah, network plus it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I'm glad you that. Da- I'm glad because one thing Joe told me in the beginning is, and this would be anything, and I learned, I know it in coaching too, because I coach football. If you don't know how to block, or if you don't even know how to get into a stance, if you don't know the basic parts, uh, all that what you're doing, but it won't benefit you. So, uh, yeah, network, network, and then network plus, yeah, those are awesome things to kind of start with. And I, I learned that from the beginning because. If I wouldn't if I wouldn't understand any of that, I wouldn't even understand the language or you know what they're talking about.
1: Right. Yeah, it's kind of like it's almost like, you know, Brett's experience when he was doing the math and the physics and he kept kind of hitting the wall. Sometimes that can happen in technology where you might learn a little bit of this, but then you realize, okay, I need to learn networking. Okay, I need to learn a little bit more about servers before I understand how a web server can take the you know TCP IP packet, you know, up the stack and and that whole thing to kind of get a, a you know a big perspective, right? Um yeah. but uh well okay, so I, I don't think we really explained how the last mile simulator worked. I'm going to take a, a minute to sort of try to my best explanation of it. And then Brett, you could tell me how close I am. So, you know, like you said, in, in in uh the prison system, they don't allow people access to the internet. And so last mile had a kind of a simulator where it simulated a web server and accessing it and being able to interact with almost a closed system so that the student could basically experience um uh, you know uh almost like a virtualized or sandboxed instance of it and so you were able to learn you know coding in in that context a, a little bit of a piece if you will and and what's so impressive you know about that is you didn't have all the resources and you mentioned this on your medium post like google udemy you know all these resources that we kind of take for granted and yet you were able to really still thrive and and now now that we've kind of said well first let's let me pause there is that pretty close to to what the system was that that you worked in for two years
2: yeah that's exactly right
1: okay and now now tell us what you're doing now you're actually getting to teach others that were in your position and that's pretty cool you know i i would imagine a lot of people they get the freedom they're like i'm gone but you're like wait i want to help others that were in my situation because of what it's done for you so tell us about why you're doing that that's pretty incredible
2: right um so it kind of boils down to when at the very end of the program um, after graduating i became a ta the program so I I helped uh, the next cohort that came through to learn these things and then we got shut down uh, due to corona like the program the prison everything just kind of shut down and uh, so it was kind of a, a really slow time for us our facilitator would come in and she would bring us like packets of information that she would print out off the internet for things for us to read we'd read our textbooks and slowly some other facilities were opening up And they, uh, you know, were working where we weren't. And our facilitator was going to some of those. So they were struggling with some aspects of the curriculum that they couldn't get. So I sat down at my bunk and and wrote out tutorials. You know, I hand wrote these tutorials and I would give them to her and she would take them to the last mile. And then they would, uh, you know, they were impressed by that and distribute them to other facilities so that they could see something and help out. So like I realized early on then, even in the classroom, I was kind of giving out these lesson plans that I would build out these little small tutorials. And I really enjoyed that aspect of being an educator. And so towards the end, um, I had two years remaining on my sentence. And uh, I wanted to file for a modification that I knew I had been locked up for so long, that I wanted to kind of reintegrate myself into society slowly and more measured Uh, So my concept was, let me see if I can get these last two years on home detention. And uh, when I did that, I realized the pieces I would need, like I would need a a job. I would need to have these kind of foundational things built up under me for them to even consider that. And so what I did was I ended up writing a letter to the last mile and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, Can you help me out with job placement? Like, can you give me like a, a letter that would refer me, like, say, Yes, we will help him get a job if you let him out on home detention. And um, they kind of uh, stepped that up by saying that we will offer you a job. When you, if they release you, we will hire you. Uh, So I was really kind of taken back and and blown away by that. And um, it happened, like I got the modification. Uh, I am on home detention now and true their word, like last mile hired me. I started out as a junior web developer there, uh, which just develops out some of their applications and uh student facing and and public facing websites and stuff that we worked on. And then uh that's when, so cool. <laughs> I bet you yeah, love that. It, that's got that's so cool. It it really was. It it was awesome to have that experience. Um but you know more so too the thing when we mentioned about labels before too that the thing the last mile really tries to do is is reset those labels to give us uh, we term ourselves "return citizens um, a way to control our own narrative to let the public see us for our value yep. rather than like our past what we can offer totally. and we are absolutely so there's a huge return citizen uh, community that the last mile supports uh, we have a slack channel for that uh, just for like the return citizens to get on there and connect with each other about what they're doing um, how their transitions going the resources that they need they have uh, the reentry department has people that connect with anyone who gets out who's been through the program that will help them to try to succeed once they're released. And just being a part of that whole model uh, really meant a lot to me. And then being able to slide into this uh, other department of what's uh, remote instruction. At first, I, I moved in as a remote instruction coordinator, uh, basically an observer. So I would get on the calls into these other prisons, and watch as the instructor delivered the lesson plan. I learned about the department. I learned about the things that I needed to do to become an instructor. And then a position opened up and then I moved into becoming a remote instructor. So I get to actually call to the prisons, connect with the men and women who are in there now and deliver the lesson plans and help them walk wow. them through the- And are, are you um, the first
1: instructor who, is a returned citizen
2: no um actually about i think i don't know the numbers exactly but somewhere close to half the company is okay. our return citizens oh uh, yeah
1: i I, I have to imagine that that hope that that gives the students is is phenomenal because you could be like hey i was just there no you know because i correct me if i'm wrong but for some people that are incarcerated there's a fear of you know will i make it when i'm out you know because you've been in there so long right and so you're giving them hope right that's
2: yeah that's that's exactly right um the cool thing is my entire department we're all return citizens that's awesome uh, from the manager well our manager just actually got promoted to another position uh he built the department out and so it's When I was inside, I I saw them, right? They were the ones who were delivering the lesson plans while I was there. And it meant a lot to me to see like they cared that much. And then, so now I get to be that inspiration. You
1: you wrote something on on your blog that said, I I just love this. It said, in prison, there's no stronger motivator than knowing someone cares about you and wants you to succeed. Even better is the moment that you realize your own potential and self-worth. At what point did that click for you? Do you remember like when that was? Um, if you kind of go back when, when that kind of changed
2: for you? Yeah, for sure. When you the first thing, um, what was really cool about going in the last mile with me was there's two other guys that i had been locked up with for 20 years, like we had at the same place and in the same buildings. Uh, so we kind of grew up together. And when we all got into the program, there were some other guys who had been locked up a long time too. And then we were all like talking about it, like, wow, this is, this is unheard of. We've got computers, we're learning how to code. And beyond that was uh, that humanizing language that these people would come on this screen and not all of them were returned citizens. Some of them were people who had never been to prison before, but yet they still cared about us and they still wanted us to succeed. And they would, you can feel that, right? After you've been incarcerated for so long, You you get really good at reading people's true motivations and you could tell they were all very genuine people and they wanted to help us and they cared and seeing that and feeling that. um, And then when you go to the program, you're realizing I'm getting a skill that that I can use, that I can get out and do something with that doesn't matter about my past. It doesn't matter who I am, where I've been. It only matters what I can do, like what am I capable of doing And if I can do the work. Then I can get hired um, as a web developer. That's
1: awesome, Larry. I've been monopolizing all the questions because um, I was at, I was actually up this morning. I had three cups of coffee researching last mile and all this kind of stuff to kind of prepare for the podcast. Larry, <laughs> I want to give you uh, an opportunity <laughs> to jump in here. Sorry, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, Brad, you are very you're you're very inspirational. I mean. When I can imagine, you know, the the struggle that you went through just to get to the point where you're at. So, um, um, and and my prayers is that um, that our podcast shines light on people who may have doubts or something in this field that they can't make it or anything like that. And this is very, very, very inspirational. So, thank you, and it's a very honored to have you on the show. But uh, my my question is is now that you're out and, and you, you're getting everything going in there. and you're, um, and where do you want to, where where do you see yourself in a couple of years in, um, in the IT world?
2: That's actually a really great question. When I first came home and was working under my first manager uh, at the last mile, we had this conversation a lot. You know, he was always uh, from the day one, like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? and um i was at that time i, I didn't have an answer because i had, I'd just gotten released and i was trying to really figure things out and uh, over time i've kind of looked at a lot of different things and i know i'm gonna end up being with the last mile probably for a very long time uh, i'm really passionate about being here and about our mission and what we do i also like to um which is why i started listening to your podcast to begin with is because I'm really interested in cybersecurity. And so, um, I found it, I just looked it up on Spotify, just cybersecurity and senior guys, of <laughs> podcast it was like, cool. So like I put it on. And when I go to the gym in the morning, I just listen to that, like when I'm exercising and, and when I ride there and ride back. And, uh, so That's learning cool. a lot there, um, which I really enjoyed seeing right. your journey too, as you're going along it. And, um, so I want to get into that world into um, networking into cybersecurity. like you, I really am fascinated with the concept of being a pen tester, because it suits right. my kind of mindset of, of overcoming these challenges. And I think the one thing I really like about tech, the most is that it changes. Most people don't like that in a career, they they would rather be something like a carpenter or, or that, that doesn't ever change. Right. 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 I think it's not that way. Things change constantly. In fact, even in the program, React changed while we were learning it. They came out <laughs> with a new version of React that uses hooks instead of classes. And so things were changing. And that's like our first taste of like, oh, wow. So what we know now may not be applicable a month from now, right? Isn't that so.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's interesting, and you have to like have an attitude that embraces that. Especially if you can see the benefit or the reason behind the change is helpful. You know that that can kind of help. If you know, um, in in organization in large IT organizations, we have this concept of like change management, or uh, and one of the key fundamental things is communicating to people the reason why the change is occurring, and then a lot of people can kind of get behind it. But if you just drop change on people. Most people hate change, right? But if you can see the benefit of it, you know, so like in that React thing, if you can go, oh, I see the improvement there, sometimes it's easier to accept that change, right?
2: Yeah, I would I would agree. Um and that's the point too, is understanding not just that it changed, but why it changed. Right. And what it was to what it is now. And um, that just really suits me. Like for some reason, I like I said at the beginning, I'm a lifelong learner. I like to learn things, I like to be challenged. I like to figure things out and the more i read about like pen testing it just seems like that's like kind of an ultimate challenge like there's so many things i'm going to need to learn to even get to the place where i can be good at it and uh like i struggle daily like i i have kali linux on a virtual machine on one computer i have it as the dominant operating system on another um so and i have like a book i printed out that i'm reading about it and just testing things trying to build my own lab uh, so you know being able to just figure these things out uh, uh-huh. and i learned a lot from you know larry's journey of, of how what he did uh, which is why i'm doing network plus because uh-huh. listening to you guys talk about and all the, the many guests you've had on your podcast about the uh-huh. things and the steps and the processes that they should go through has kind of inspired me and to figure out like what I want to do. I read an A plus certification book a long time ago. So I have a kind of a good foundation of the hardware Um, networking's fascinated me. And again, to uh, Larry's point about like, where I want to be with the last mile. I don't know, we're growing, uh, right? We've we've grown even more, we have um, new offerings that we're we're trying to put out. And I'm not sure we're the organization will go in the future, so maybe there is going to be a component that teaches networking or cybersecurity uh, to the classes inside. And if so, then I could already have some some knowledge for that, and I could move into helping with that part of it, or I could work in the engineering department. Uh, so I'll just like to kind of keep my. You know, yeah, exactly. If you guys do start a networking
1: or cybersecurity cohort, I would love to be a guest and dial in, you know, if. I mean, I might do more harm than good, you know, but, but you know, like you said, if, if, if you guys appreciate people dialing in that, that genuinely care, uh, definitely count me in. Um, when I lived in Texas, I, I had the fortune of being able to be in a couple of programs. Uh, one program, it was called Texas Reach Out Ministries, and it would basically is, is uh, men and women were coming out. Um, I was a, a mentor uh, that would meet them in kind of these halfway house kind of scenarios and basically just spend time with them just care, you know, just trying to help them, you know, like, hey, let's go get your, you know, your driver's license, you know, let's, let's, let's kind of just get through these things and and just for people to know that people care, you know, it really, really matters. And Society benefits, too, because then the um, recidivism rate reduces, right, because in that program in particular had, you know, really good, I think, some of the best numbers in Texas. But um, I developed some really good friendships, some guys I still talk to. Um, I'll never forget, Brett, this this one experience um, developed a really strong friendship with this guy, and he took me out to uh, Quiznos, which is like a almost like a subway kind of deal, right? and he bought me lunch and it was it was what was interesting about it is he had 20 dollars to his name right that was his entire fortune 20 bucks that's to his entire name that's all he had and he bought me lunch and i was so humbled by you know this guy's generosity you know that would have been the equivalent of of uh, it's hard to even you know comprehend with that kind of you know care that would have taken for me to match that, you know, it just completely floored me. And um, anyway, so the other thing I was going to um, say was uh, your story reminds me a little of a Kevin Mitnick. Kevin Mitnick was a famous hacker. I don't know if, if you're familiar with this story,
2: Brett. No, the only famous one I know is uh, Marcus Hutchins about the to WannaCry. To like I read an article about that. Sure. Yeah, we could talk about
1: that too. That's kind of an interesting one. So Kevin Mitnick was a uh, you know he he definitely broke the law. I mean he was out there like basically doing social engineering, which is a form of you know cybersecurity. Uh, when it's <laughs> when it's when it's lawful, right? He was not on the lawful side of it. So he would be ba- he. The, one of the stories was he got like no key, no he got Motorola to send him their source code because he pretended to be someone on the phone or something. And he's like, yeah, just send me the source code. He literally got this, this large company to, to email him source code because he was able to trick them over the phone. And so, you know, he has he has this book, it's called The Art of Deception. And The Art of Deception is written uh, by Kevin Mitnick to, to, to explain how to just manipulate people over the phone and whatnot. And so now, he's actually getting paid. He has his own company teaching corporations how to defend themselves against that type of threat. So here's a guy who he was a lawbreaker. He served his time, but in prison, he, you know, basically planned how he was going to start a company teaching businesses how to defend against this. And literally, he's probably, I would say that his business is probably one of the fastest growing and wealthiest uh, businesses in cybersecurity today. It's called No Before. And almost every company I talk to is a no before customer. Almost every single one of them. They, they, they all use no before. And they use it to do phishing simulations. So they'll basically send an email to all their employees saying who's going to click on this link so we could educate them. So he's literally helping all these companies defend against the very things that he he used to do. And, um, you know, so this is a great example of a returned citizen who's actually helping society, you know, defend against these things. But the point of that is that this tremendous success that he's had, he did not let his past define him. He instead is being embraced by society as this really productive member who's helping everybody. And that's a super positive thing that we can all sort of just latch onto, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that's what kind of our mission is to to tell people, like, hey, you don't have to let that define you. And that's a great example of somebody who, who used what they had and the knowledge base that they had built out of that and turned it into something really positive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a couple of times in, um, in Texas, I actually went
1: into, um, the jail and met with, met with guys like there. So I'd actually go and, and meet with them. And it was like a, uh, it was a, it was a Christian program. It was like discipleship. So we would teach them how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible and everything like that. But I'll never forget just the impact that that had. They thought, who's this, who's this guy who he's got a job, he's got a family, he's got all this other stuff going. Like, what, you know, does he really care about us? Absolutely. There's a lot of people that care, you know? Um, so there's actually a lot of really good people in this society, you know, that that genuinely care. And I think they're just looking for an opportunity to help, right? So how can, um, is there anything that, you know, anyone listening to the show can do to help The Last Mile or help you, um, you know, for anyone that might be inspired? Just, again, if we just want to pay it forward and just help,
2: right? Sure, yeah. I mean, they could always reach out to the company through the website and we have um, uh, my manager who just shifted to a new position is actually a senior partnership of or senior manager of partnerships. So his job deals with like the partnerships that we have. So we're trying to find ways to bring our return citizens into things like apprenticeships. That way they can uh, get some active learning on the job learning and just anything that anybody would use to to help I'm sure we'd be off mm-hmm. uh, grateful to have it that's really cool i actually i know some people at microsoft
1: um, i'll definitely mention uh last mile to them to see if i don't know if if they're already a partner of yours or not but uh um, i'm sure there's a lot of uh corporate um, uh, folks that would love to be able to help um have you just curious switching gears a little bit employment opportunities um have you looked at to freelancing websites like upwork have you heard of these kind of websites yeah, I have that, an account that... On work? yeah i was i i wanted to ask because it seems like that would be perfect um you know because it's work from home it's it, you know it's kind of a gig kind of deal where you just bid and you know I've used it many times when I needed programming help, uh, where I'll, I'll put some code up there. I'll say, hey, can someone help solve this for me? And uh, you know, it, it's, it seems like that's really an ideal scenario for some graduates and return citizens from Last Mile to, to be able to jump on there and, and do coding.
2: Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned that because, um, well, I mean, first off, like when our return citizens come home, they reach out to our reentry department we provide them with a laptop a computer for free that is theirs to do with what they want. Um, Like mine, I I took out the the Mac OS and put on Kali Linux on it so you can do whatever you want with it. A lot of them will use it to work a job. So, and I'm starting to get requests from a lot of the return citizens who are asking because I have done freelance work through Upwork. And so I get asked about it a lot. Um, What's the process and what should I do and how do I get into this? And yeah, you're right, it's perfect gig for anyone who just wants to work from home, who wants to earn a little money on the side, get some more experience. Um, I haven't been as active on there lately because um, I'm actually going through another program, uh, Justice Through Code program, uh, starting at the end of this month that is going to be teaching uh, Python for, it's like a fall semester offered through Columbia. And so Uh, it's gonna be Yeah,
0: Yeah, actually, actually, I'll be doing Python here, I think uh, in a couple of weeks and javascript yeah so we will be learning a little bit of that too yeah so <laughs> yeah go ahead so um i mean brett it seems like you you, you got direction on, on where you want to go and everything and and
1: what is it like being a listener of the show and then talking to joe and larry is that weird
2: no it's actually really cool um i and honestly I, I wasn't expecting to be on the show I was just like inspired like I listened to it and I actually listened to the very last episode this morning uh the last one that's on there and so I was just I reached out I was like hey man I just wanted like let him know like this is cool and it's inspiring me and, and it gives yeah. me like some direction and um, I really like the aspect of like you can follow him through the whole journey right so like right. it was fun listening into one week he's like well I'm gonna go do my you know network plus and then like the next episode well i did my network plus and so you're just kind of like following along on this journey it's neat um plus the, the just the combined life experience that you have i know you've been in the industry a long time um he was a football coach uh and i think one episode he said he was a a chef in sweden for a minute like thought that was really
0: yeah, yeah so i lived over yeah i lived over in, in uh sweden so i i did a lot of things you know i've been blessed. And actually I was telling a, a family member of mine that today, you know, I did music uh, professionally. So a lot of people say they do music. I wasn't the guy at the karaoke bar just singing. <laughs> so yeah. no, I was actually on TV and stuff. And, and then, um, you know, so I have some music videos out and then I actually, actually coached. you know, I was with the Raiders in, uh, 2007, you know, as an international coach, and and now uh now my 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 biggest uh inspiration outside of uh serving the lord is uh cyber so you know and i know that uh it's going to be successful so it's fun you know i see all this yeah. is fun you know joe knows i'm to probably get probably doing these podcasts and catching even joe i mean we both have very very busy lives but we take time out for this and then reading just reading your story and then um uh your plight of just how you got here and just uh the difficulties into getting to where you're at right now is very very inspirational not just to me i I guarantee to other people that's oh
1: absolutely It's, it's huge brett i mean i'd like to Put a link to your blog article, the one the one you wrote on Medium, on our show notes, just so that people could could read that because I I found that pretty inspiring and um yeah so much of of what we uh, discussed for sure um but yeah Larry actually showed me a YouTube video of one of his, one of his old rap videos so he was actually he was in a he was in a group that was pretty successful Did you guys hit like top twenty in Europe or something right uh, at um, one point yeah. on your
0: songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of our songs was uh top 20 in london and uh we charted in France and Japan it was on a couple of compilations. jazz yeah, so it was pretty cool it was pretty yeah. cool it was but this yeah. fun yeah this well you've
1: you've had a you've had a lot of you know career um you know you know things in, in transitions and I think what's really inspiring for a lot of people is and I think Brett your story relates to this too that it doesn't really matter what stage in life you're you're in. If you really set your heart and your mind on something, you can get it done. And both of your stories really prove that, and it's incredibly inspiring. You know, so um, anyway, just thank you, Brett, for taking time out. Um, and we'll put in uh, you know links to the last mile and um, your blog article. Um, but please stay in touch too, thank you for reaching out yeah. to us and and also yeah we have a lot of people that reach out to us any listener, you know, we welcome the connection, let us know how you're doing your story on cyber security and um, you know Larry if you wouldn't mind just maybe just share the latest with, I think you touched on it a little bit, but you know what's next for you and.
0: Uh, so, any updates. Uh, so the update is I did take the security plus. I missed it by a couple of points, the 501. So I know I have to retake the uh the 601. That's the bigger one. But uh I'm gonna take this um I'm taking a CYSA uh this Friday. And uh anyone looking for an analyst, uh, and that's what the CYSA is for, for analysts and yeah. you know, first responders and stuff like that. Uh I'm available. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep plugging away at it and, um, you know, perseverance and, and I enjoy doing it. So, you know, uh, I'm going to try, uh, so Brett, if you ever want to just kind of see where you're at and, and get some networking stuff, uh, try is a good, uh, good place to start. Uh, I started on that is I'm having fun at it. So if you have the time, yeah, try that out and just keep plugging away at it. It's going to come.
2: Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Uh, actually, I have a friend; she's trying to get me to to go to that to check it out too. So I'm definitely going to give it a shot. And good luck!
0: Give it a shot. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, please keep it uh, keep in contact. We would definitely love to have you back on the show, and just hear uh, any success stories or you know, yep. or any of that, or if it's any way we can help out the the uh, the last mile, just let us know.
2: Great. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. I really appreciate it.
1: Sweet, awesome, Brett. Nice to meet you, and uh, hope you
2: have a great weekend. Likewise. All right. See you guys. Soon.